0: what is up welcome to episode 78 beers and buckets we're talking three prospects tonight that have all the same energy of one ben simmons and you're not going to want to miss this so go ahead and hit that like button and come on in enjoy this episode let's go Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the only podcast that discusses college basketball, NBA basketball, and brews at the same time. We are part of the Variety Sports Network. Check them out on Twitter at Variety underscore sports underscore. I am your host, Connor Caldwell, and I'm joined by Dal Harmon tonight. Dal, we just witnessed a franchise-setting record for Hemi Butler. Describe it to me, your feelings.
1: Yeah, whenever you're... uh... Yeah, in the same franchise that has had Dwayne Wade carry the team to two championships, you got LeBron playing there. LeBron's kind of good at basketball. Whenever you have someone set a franchise record and probably have the best uh, like postseason performance you've ever had, not a bad not a bad day in the office. Uh, especially the Bucks have been a defensive team all year, and somehow the Heat, who have had like bad offense for a lot of the year just to figure out how to score on this Bucks team. A lot of it is just Jimmy Butler eating in the mid-range. But, uh, yeah, kind of crazy that of all the teams to kind of figure out this Bucks defense and be able to score on them for this Heat team to be it is weird.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even like it was a... Collapsed by the Bucks either like I mean Offensively I guess yeah. you can kind of say it A little bit yeah. but it, there were still A lot of moments within like this last Seven minutes that Giannis And Brooke Lopez were just going back and Forth like just assist To, to Brooke down the paint because no one could stop Him uh, but it wasn't real, like they were Getting they were scoring I mean they come down The other end I think Drew Holiday hit a massive three With like a minute 40 left Uh Chris Middleton emphasis on The mid uh, in this game at least that's true. what i noticed mean. yeah true so it was it was just a weird weird game uh but the fact that i mean jimmy just from from the jump too it wasn't like it was like a late second half surge like he had 22 points in the
1: first quarter just I like saying, when, you score, when you score 56 it's hard to not be consistently good throughout the game
0: yeah yeah it's not like he just got all 56 in the in the second half uh that was fun Love to see that uh, series go further than just the gentleman sweep like I think a lot of people were expecting. So that's really cool. Um, Yeah, so let's – anything else that we want to talk about playoffs? Uh, Dylan Brooks is a chump, like just straight up bum.
1: Uh, When, Like what is he thinking? He came out and it was like the media is portraying me as the villain, and I'm like – you're Bro. doing that to yourself. <laughs> I like, feel like Syndrome coming out and being like, they made me the villain in the Incredibles. And it's like, yeah, because you are, man. <laughs> like Grayson yeah, no. Allen coming out and being like, oh, the media's acting like that I trip people. Like, what are we doing?
0: Yeah, I was not surprised he got ejected the other night. No. The fashion in which he was ejected, I think, was a little weird. Uh, I mean, it was clear that he was going for the ball, and it just happened to – LeBron happened to go behind the back i mean that's what it was but uh just it is what it is uh but i wasn't surprised that he got ejected uh, and the comments of people saying like oh if you know if michael ever or kobe ever said that or had somebody say that about them they come out and score 40 in the first quarter." It's like that's not no, like that that's not necessarily true. Rex Chapman was in MJ's face and nothing happened. You know, like that's the Rex kind
1: of Rex kind of went off is what happened. Yeah,
0: exactly. So um other playoff moments trying to think any other ones. There's so many games this weekend. It's been kind of crazy. Um yeah, I got really got really nothing other than sucks for Darren Fox. And it's on a shooting hand too, the left left finger mm-hmm. fracture. That sucks. Um trying to think anything else you got anything else on playoffs before we move on
1: uh playoffs no warriors getting lucky again classic um but now no playoffs uh talk i do have one college thing that i wanted to bring up that i sent you a tweet about uh yeah but Go ahead. uh so alabama transfer i don't even remember his name let me let me
0: oh i have her it here it's uh yeah. where is it Jaquan Walton.
1: Yes. Um, apparently, Tide, gonna you know, tied, He got arrested for like possession of marijuana, I think, and multiple guns in his car. Uh, was just obviously at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, <laughs> and like, what, Bama? Come on, man. You can't let you can't let this happen.
0: Yeah, uh, NATO's put out the official statement like Goodman tweeted it and Rothstein tweeted it. And the statement was Jaquan Walton has been like has left the program or whatever, whatever the the wording was, was very vanilla. And like, just like you could put it into chat, chat GPT and like it would come out exactly the same every time it was like super corporate sounding. And it just had the same energy of Dwight in the office having to state his regret. And he like unfolds the paper, he says, I state my regret. <laughs> and yep. Jim was like, You couldn't you couldn't just memorize that? He's like, No, because I did not mean it. <laughs> like it was like, it had that same energy. Uh, so yeah, it's just weird. Is I mean, they were it was a lose-lose situation for Bama, anyways. If they kept him on and be like, Oh, they kept the kept the criminal on. And if they you know let the way they let him go, it's like, oh, they're just distancing themselves from that because of the Miller situation. It's like, well, they knew they were wrong about the Miller situation. Uh, they're trying to make up for it here, but if the kid was as good as Brandon Miller, would they have let him go? Probably not. He didn't actually break any laws, from what I understood. Uh, marijuana possession is a misdemeanor, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I didn't say like how much it was or whatever. If it was like intent to sell, I think that's obviously a little bit different. Yeah, um, you had like enough weight for that, but yeah, it like again. Uh, putting this on putting this part on nato it's, is a little like off but because like you don't have control over yeah what your players do but you just you can't let this happen as a program no no
0: no it is uh unfortunate just bad timing wrong place wrong time for alabama for program that's what it really is <laughs> um but yeah so let's uh let's move on to the beer review then And get into that. So we decided to kind of switch up how we do our beer review. Um, We're going to go through all the information, obviously, but we're going to have a ranking scale to get you guys a better perspective of how good these beers are, Um, how good or bad, I should say. Um, But really, it's we're going to talk about crushability, can design, you know, aroma, flavor, just the beer parents. And then overall, just we're going to give it a Dennis Rodman rating because Dennis Rodman was the biggest party animal in the NBA Still is probably could hang way more than those guys in the NBA now. Um, so could you imagine, by the way, like Dennis Rodman in the bubble? Like what would have happened? Like that that would have been so fun. <laughs> that
1: would have been terrifying.
0: <laughs> yes, it would have. Um, so we have the Rodman scale. So it is either one through five Dennis Rodman heads. And so you'll see it on uh, social media as we put more content out. But that is how we are ranking we them should make it for- like.
1: Go from normal, just normal Dennis Rodman, like Rodman oh, yeah. in the league to craziest Dennis Rodman yep. hair. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's exactly what I was planning on doing. So um, so you could go ahead and lead us off with the beer review tonight, Dal.
1: So I went to a liquor barn right before this, got a nice little four pack of this, and I got a six pack, create your own. Um, So I am stocked for the next little bit. Um, But this is against the grain is a brewery in Louisville. Uh this is their double IPA called Citra ass down. Classic name. Great name. Uh, you definitely get like at least half a point for the clever wordplay there. Um it's got a little guy with a weird swan goose thing with a mohawk. I don't know. Kind of strange can can design in all honesty, but like I said, it's called Citra Ass Down. So uh that's kind of an automatic win. It's like getting a buy in the tournament. Like, they're, they're just all automatically in the semifinals. Um, I mean, it's a double IPA. So, the crushability, not great. Probably like a one on the crushability scale. But it... The, the like, IPA-ness starts as soon as you taste it, but it doesn't get like any worse. You know, some of them get like mm-hmm. more bitter as you go. Yeah. But not that, which is actually kind of nice. Um, it's very upfront about like giving you what it is promised. Um, yeah, this is solid. Uh, I'm excited. One of my friends, so we're having a bonfire tomorrow after one of my friends plays uh volleyball and he's big into IPAs and stuff. So I'm excited to get his, get his thoughts. Yeah. Um, nice. But yeah, this is eight point two percent. It's also a pint, not a not a twelve ounce can. Eight point two percent has was a sixty eight, I believe IBUs. Uh, has a three point eight nine on Untapped, which is really high. Let's go. Ooh, I gotta go aroma. I didn't really smell. I can't really smell it. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go. I mean, like I don't know, two. I'll go with that two for aroma. I'll do a. I'll do a three and a half for flavor. And then, let's see. I mean, it's kind of like a little bit orangey, yellow. We'll go, I don't know, like a three and a half on appearance. Respectable respectable um yeah definitely i mean i'm i could probably drink one more of these and after that i would probably want to switch to something a little lighter but yeah good all right and it comes out to 2.6
0: out of 5 overall so 2.6 rodman heads out of 5 there
1: that's like right after he has gone to vegas And he's like (laughs) calmed down a little bit. So he's not (laughs) quite in Vegas form. Uh, He's he's gotten out of his system a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um,
0: I'm drinking the Icelandic Arctic lager that is from Einstock. I mentioned them last week on the pod when I did the white ale winter lager. Uh, They do have a winter lager, but I went with the white ale. I'm sorry. Uh, Winter ale, white ale, whatever it is. Uh, But this is the Arctic lager. From Einstock, obviously the brewery located in Iceland. Um, can design, I have it as a two out of five, or no, I'm sorry, four out of five, because it's got like geometric shapes making the like the Viking face on it. That's cool. Pretty dope. And also like it's got that print on it of the label that's like more of a matte finish, which is all like I love when a beer has that feeling. Um, so it doesn't feel like aluminum necessarily. Uh I'd say it's probably a two out of five and crushable. Like I drank two, like you said, and I probably want to switch it up. Um, not just chug a bunch. Um, yeah. Aroma is, it's actually kind of skunky aroma wise. So I put it as a one out of five, but the flavor is solid. And I put it three out of five. And then the appearance it's that it's a lighter one. Um, so it's lighter than most lagers and lighter beers just appear more to me uh, than most. Like I like them more. So I put it as a four out of five. So all in all, I think the the overall ranking is three out of five um, here tonight. So three three Rodman heads out of five of how good it is. Um, good. Yeah, not bad. Um, this was a four point seven alcohol by volume. Uh, the The type is a pale logger is what it is, and okay. it is um, it's a four point seven. Like I said, zero IBUs and Untapped has a three point five three, so slightly above what we normally have. Yeah um and what we put down on here so i'd, I'd say that's the the general consensus overall it doesn't really tell you how good the beer is um i'm gonna drink all six of them if that tells you anything so um or at least give one to a friend and then drink the other five well the other four after this one so uh that 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 tells you exactly what you need to know about it um typically there's some beers in from this podcast that i've done that i have can't even give away that just been sitting in my beer fridge for like two years now um so kind of crazy that we've been doing it this long and i still have beers from like last year from last december in my fridge but here we are so that is that and the beer review is over let's move on to our main event of the night draft prospects This episode of Beers and Buckets is brought to you by SeatGeek. Get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek using promo code VSN. That's $20 off using promo code VSN. Also this episode is brought to you by University Traditions. They have awesome apparel so go check them out. Use promo code VSN15 to get 15% off your first order and now we're back to the episode. So Last week we talked about rim protecting bigs, and they weren't even necessarily all centers or like they're either centers or power forwards. We didn't have them in a set position. This mm-hmm. week we have a set position. We're talking point guards tonight. No, we're not talking Scoot. No, we're not talking Marcus Sasser. No, we're not talking what's another point guard in this draft? Uh pure Cason point Wallace. guard. Yeah. Kasen Wallace. I don't know. I have Wallace kind of a he's like a he's like a combo guard to me. He play a lot of pure point at Kentucky, but he's really, a one in
1: the he's a one in the league.
0: He's you think he's a one in the league? Ah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out in, for that episode. But the archetype for tonight is tall play making point guards, or as we like to call them here at Beards and Buckets, the Ben Simmons children or Ben Simmons clones. Either or works for me. Uh, they're slightly shorter than Ben Simmons, but it fits. It really fits on tonight's uh, archetype. So. The three prospects we are talking tonight is one Jalen Hood Shafino, one Anthony Black, and one Amen Thompson. So those are the three guys we are talking tonight and breaking down. So we'll start it with uh, the least talked about of these three, and that is Jalen Hood Shafino, the freshman point guard slash shooting guard from Indiana, 6'6, 213 pounds. ESPN had him as the 26th prospect in 2022. He is 19 years old. He will be turning 20, like right around the draft, uh, June 19th. Um, so, there's that. He is mocked around the 16th pick to Utah, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Looking so about right. when, Another thing, him and uh, Ben Simmons have in common. Do you know what it is? Montverde. Yes, they both played at Montverde. So. Uh, which is not super far from me. I really should want, like, if there's a big prospect going through there anytime soon, I should go catch a game soon. Um, sure, really. that'd be pretty cool. Um, tankathon hates this guy, absolutely. Yeah, hates well, this, this is guy.
1: offensive, like, <laughs> this is so rude.
0: They like, we don't have it posted on here. You might pop it up on here, but they, they, have, tankathon usually has stat strengths and stat weaknesses. There's no strengths, and there's a bunch of weaknesses for him, yeah. Uh, but I think they're just casuals about him. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get to the to the bottom of this tonight. So Dal, let me know what your thoughts are on Jalen Hochafino.
1: I really like him. um I think the biggest negative to me like f- just having watched him and having watched Indiana is just he's not like the consistency just isn't there. Yeah he, when he's really good, he's really good which is why he is like kind of warranted as a high draft pick. Um, but some days he just doesn't have it. And when that happened, Indiana completely fell up a cliff. A lot of their losses were games where he went, like I'm just looking at his KenPom page right now, went one for 12 from two and over two from three against Maryland. And they lost 66, 55 on the road. Like, An offensive rating of 32 that game yeah so i'm sure that he wasn't the only person that was struggling but that's just one example of a lot of their losses you look and this obviously happens when it's arguably your best player um i guess second best player because trace jackson davis is probably the best but a lot of their losses are at the bottom of his stat performances so um part of that again like i said just being an important player but Whenever you are kind of the reason your team doesn't win, um, that worries me a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get, I get that. Um, part of it, I think, is also the play style. Trace Jackson Davis was very much iso scoring. Like he, there wasn't a lot to set up for Trace Jackson Davis, and he was used on more than twenty eight percent of their possessions. So um, Jalen was used a lot too. He's the second leading contributor in that regards. Uh, he was in 24 to 28 range uh, percentage, but um, I mean, a lot of it is they're definitely playing through trace Jackson Davis. So uh, yeah. it, it's going to be, you know, like, I think his stats are a little skewed and we're going to talk about, obviously we're going to talk about um, Amon Thompson. And I want to talk about their play style and OTE and how that skews his stats a little bit as well. Um, but um, overall, I think what's working for for Jalen here is uh, the mid range shooting, which is kind of odd because that's something that like you don't see a lot, especially at college level. Uh, but it really worked for him. And NBA does a lot of drop coverage, and so he's going to be able to cook in that, and it's going to make him look like a better scorer than he was in college, I think, because they don't do a lot of drop coverage in college. Um, so that'll help him there. Uh, ball handling, I think he was a fine ball handler. I wouldn't say like he had a deep deep bag, but yeah, yeah. but
1: he's more than more than enough, especially for his like relative to his size i mm-hmm. think like we watch josh giddy cook the league every like cook the league all the time and the, that dude has negative bag which yeah. is like a tiktok trend of people just being like he just, just runs fast, fast and a <laughs> layup. like he has no <laughs> yeah. there's no move there's no anything he's no just get, does it
0: no so, yeah he's um, got a deeper bag than josh giddy for sure so i i like that for him um, his passing is, is very good. I think he sees the court really well. That's one thing that we could say about all three of these guys tonight is they are all really good passers. Um, some of them are better than others. Jalen Hirschofino, I think is a fine passer. I wouldn't say he's an elite passer, but he has good court vision and sees, sees the court really well to the point that he sets up a lot, even though, you know, Indiana was not a great shooting team. So how many missed assists were there for, for JHS this season uh, because he got them a good pass and so they just didn't make it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. He's really good at navigating the pick and roll against, like, attacking defenses, too. I noticed yeah, that well, when watching his film.
1: I was going to say, both both sides, I think he does a really good job of defending. He's oh, yeah. six. six so all these guys are long for their point guards, so whenever they're guarding guys, they're normally bigger. But he does a good job of, like, kind of poking through and, like, yep. disrupting uh, stuff on the defensive end, too in the pick and roll dribble handoff kind of deal.
0: Yeah. He has really, he's really good at an on ball and uh, has quick hands. And then he's also really good about pressuring the ball away from the basket. Um, granted, I don't know, like the quality of guards there were in the big 10, uh, but overall, like it wasn't like super high, um, but he was still good about because using his strength, using his size to pressure the ball away from them. And it, cause he's also really good at recovery. So if he did try and, somebody did sneak by him. He was able to recover really well. And, and overall Indiana had really solid help defense too. So they weren't exactly great at um, the other opposing teams weren't exactly great at getting to the bucket if he was to gamble like that. So, yeah, and then also he fights through screens really well on defense. Like if he, if he wants to get over, like no one's getting a shot off. If he gets a screen there because he's long enough to fight through it and contest the shot and if he wants to go under the screen on a poor shooter, I mean, he can he can handle guarding that big that's screening for him, too. So yeah. um, that's that's a really solid thing all around. So his size and strength there helps a bunch.
1: All, all three of these guys we're talking about, like we said, are, they're big point guards. So their size isn't going to be an issue and is likely going to be a strength for all three of them.
0: Correct. Um, so that's what's working for JHS here. What he needs to work on, the first thing he needs to work on shooting. I mean that's a great that's kind of a given for all three of these guys tonight, and that's why we call them Ben Simmons clones because he also needs to work on shooting. Uh, but he, they're he's not an explosive athlete, so he really needs to improve his shooting because the form the, the form is there, right? Like he doesn't have like some wonky form, no Lonzo ball like going across his chest like deal. Like his form is fine uh, aesthetically. Yeah. He just needs He'll to try a little bit. Shot
1: what? um I think he 80... finished the
0: season 33 oh, no. from three he didn't shoot a lot though he only shot 111 threes
1: yeah 30 36 in conference play but shot 82 percent from the free throw line in conference play only missed yeah, eight yeah. free throws in big T- big 10 play all year shot almost 78 from two he finishes the like well decently well at the rim too i feel like it'll be a
0: Like if shooting is one thing like he needs to work on, that's fine. Um, There's really like that's the only big concern I have for him here is his shooting ability. Uh, And so my comp in a little bit will make a little bit more sense why I say that. But uh, the form is there. Aesthetically, it's fine. Like the mechanics are fine. You just got to tweak some things. Um, But for him to be an effective scorer at this level, he's got to be able to shoot because, he again, he's not explosive. So he can't just blow by people to get to the bucket um he's never been like he's got a decent touch around the rim but not great and it's because he's not super athletic i think that's part part of the reason why so um that's that's one thing he needs to work on the other thing he needs to work on is just taking care of the ball so tighter entry passes you know better at lobs um better handle like it's not like i said it's not a deep bag he's not like a great handler but he's not terrible he just needs to tighten it up a little bit more um but those are my only two things that really needs to work on which funny because he's the least rate rate ranked player here um and i have more complaints about the higher ranked guys but i think that just shows the expectations that we have for these guys too so um i don't think jhs is getting a lot of minutes to cut like instantly like you know maybe amen thompson is or anthony black is like he's going to be more of a role player to start
1: yeah definitely a one of those guys you Use sparingly, but when you do, you're able to count on them. Hopefully, count on them for ten minutes to run your second unit, and you don't see very much drop off.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right, let, do you have anything else you want to add on strengths or weaknesses?
1: Um, no, I I, I really like Jalen Hutchino. You know? I I think his game is 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 a good game, and I think that he will. Assuming he can get better at shooting from three, I think his game will really translate to the NBA with the a little bit of increased spacing and and everything there. I think that – and plus he's just a freshman. And he is going to be 20 like on draft night essentially. Yeah. That's – I mean that's a really nice luxury to have to be able to kind of like get so much work out of him. Yeah, he's uh, got a lot of upside. upside. Yeah, for a sure. So,
0: just his defensive ability alone, I think is fine. Like you gamble on that cuz he he will be able to like he we, these are all playmaking guards, right? So, mm-hmm. he's going to be able to make some plays on offense. He's not the scorer that you might need, but you get a solid playmaker and a good defender um out of out of JHS. So, I like that for him. So, let's move on to some player comps. Um I have Spencer Dinwiddie as my player comp. I think, I think he's going to be better than Spencer Dinwiddie will be at, at this rate. Um, but I think he's going to be not like he'll never be a lead guard for a team. I don't think. But I think he'll be a solid six man, role type player. Uh, I don't know. I just like the the Denwitty comp because Dinwiddie
1: also can't really shoot that well. Yeah. No. I I, I like that. It's. <laughs> In terms of NBA players, it is kind of tough to find a a non-shooter like this in a, in a guard role, especially a point guard role that is also good at the, the playmaking side. Um, I don't want to use Giddy because I'm probably going to use him later. No, I mean, I don't have a great one. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is, is a really good call uh we can have the same it's okay. yeah let's do that
0: i think i have giddy for somebody else later too so <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> okay that just means we're on the same wavelength i guess um so let's talk best team fit then i'll let you go first and then we'll see from there right now he's projected 16th to utah so we'll see what what happens there but where do you think he he would fit well in terms of where he's projected and you know, what, what teams probably need him, his services?
1: Um, I mean, the pick right after that, uh, the Lakers at 17, I think that would be a good fit. They just need playmaking in general. Yeah. And having size and the defensive kind of instincts that he has there uh, would be really nice. Um, Kind of applies to the Heat, too. I like I have Toronto
0: either Toronto or Utah. I say Utah because that's where he's kind of projected to go. Utah can he mm-hmm. need, needs anything right now. So, um, but Toronto I think could could use a big guard like that. They love the long defensive minded players, so it fits their culture well. Um, I think he would be, he would be a good fit at Toronto. He'd be reaching up a little bit at at uh, what thirteen probably is where they'll end up picking, but. I mean, we're talking three three picks difference. That's not terrible. Yeah, no, I like that. So that's where I have him. So that is Jalen Hood Shafino. And let's move on to Anthony Black. The yes. he played more shooting guard, small forward at Arkansas this past year. He's six seven, one ninety-five. He he really has point guard potential at the NBA, like one or two more than two or three potential in my mind as in the nba uh he's 19 years old he turns 20 in january so uh right now he's projected six to orlando big boards have him around eight uh i mean he's a solid player i I, he's he's an a-hole like he's a turd but he's a good player (laughs) like uh him he like stepped over uh who was it that he stepped over in the Vanderbilt game? I can't remember. He like stepped over somebody, like went out of his way to step over somebody too. It wasn't like it was like even close and then got shoved in the back by, uh, what's that? by some other Vanderbilt player that got ejected. But yeah, like he's just got like villain energy, but he's a really good player. Um, I think he's the third best in this uh, role here of shooting guards, whatever you want to call him. It's like a point guard shooting guard combo. Um, I think he's right there. Yeah. Um, in in that running, so really solid player so Dal, let me know what you think about uh, Anthony Black here
1: I love him like he is he not only can physically make every pass, but the mental aspect, The one of my favorite things that I like about him that I also liked about LaMelo Ball a lot, I feel like that we heard a lot about is LaMelo Ball was just trying dumb shit <laughs> like, it didn't work half the time, but he would see something that he thought could be a potential like opening an opportunity and would try it, which. I think kind of goes back to the rule of thumb of a lot of times the best indicator for efficiency later on in your career is volume, not efficiency at a lower volume at a lower level. So yeah. like that was the big push for johnny davis last year is all right yeah he wasn't the most efficient player in like at wisconsin but he had so much volume that he normally will be able to like pull that back um i like all of the kind of like audacious passes that anthony black tries to make like he has really 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 good feel for the game um He also for being a freshman being a tall freshman at that because that normally is just like not super helpful for for point guards and ball handlers his turnover rate wasn't that high um so yeah i mean they have they have like two little down arrows for weaknesses for turnovers i'd some of those turnovers, like I said, I like to see. So, um,
0: like gambling turnovers.
1: Yeah, and just yeah. So say that you see something that no one else, that your teammates don't see, and you end up end up hitting them with the pass where they're not really ready for it, and that's a turnover yeah. on you. But you're the one that was really making that smart basketball IQ play that you would hope at least that your team is built to be able to. Yeah, yeah. To handle um, the
0: NBA level will be ready for those. Not you would so hope much. so the college level yeah yeah so no i, I like anthony black i think he's a, he's a solid player all around really good in the pick and roll he's very competent mm-hmm. at finishing which makes him really good at the pick and roll because if you put him in the pick and roll he's so tall he's hard to defend and then he's also such a good passer that you know like if if somebody is going to you know attack him on defense he's going to carve you up with his passing uh he's probably i think he's the best passer of the 3 that we have listed here. Um, oh, agreed. He sees the court really well. He has, has IQ, high IQ passing. Um, he's not super explosive, right? But he's still athletic. Uh, he's got a good change of direction and he has really good control. But once you get him going downhill, that dude can elevate, like he can get up. So yeah. uh, his finishing, that's what also makes him really good in finishing. And like that control, that ball handling is fine. His off ball movement is really good. Uh, We saw that. That's why that's why I must put him in the shooting guard small forward role uh, there because Devo Davis was fine at handling the ball. Um, But his off ball like makes him effective, especially once he gets up to the league. He's he's probably I would say he of the three here, he's probably going to be more of an instant impact player uh, than the other two um, for whatever team he goes to. So. And then part of that is also his defensive prowess. He cuts passing lanes really well. He hounds ball handlers and he can defend one through three like nobody's business. And he's six, six. So that's, that's good. You want that. (laughs) Um, Or six, seven, I guess. Um, So that's, what's working for him. What he needs to work on his shooting, like defense has already started to sag off of him. He shot 30% 30 from deep. So like at the next level, like we talked about earlier, like you're gonna, all these guys are gonna have shooting, and they're what needs to work on. That's just the archetype. Uh, but he he had shown signs of that he could be a sh- good shooter, so I'm not super worried about his shooting ability. Um, but he's just not great scoring off the bounce. So if you cut his driving lanes and make him pull up at the elbow. Like it, you it's a that's a non force turnover, like that's a non st, you know stat sheet turnover essentially because he's just never making those mid-range jumpers super well um off the dribble, off the bounce, whatever. Yeah. And then his overall scoring ability is just kind of low. Um, but that's fine because that a lot of it's gonna be system dependent, I think, for him.
1: Yeah, and I I but like you said, I do think it's weird to say that. I mean, he's probably the youngest guy in this draft, but that he's the most ready to contribute right away. I think that he plugs in so easily. And on a lot of second units, ball movement is like the big thing that's lacking because your point guards are not as good. Uh, And I think that even if he's, like you said, put on in like a shooting guard, small forward kind of role because of his size, that that playmaking and decision-making should continue to, kind of manifests itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you put him in the shooting guard role with a like a scoring point guard, that's fine. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like honestly, I don't know what Memphis can do, but Memphis would look at try and get him somehow. I don't know like how they would be able to do it. But yeah. and we'll talk about team fit. But like they need that because he would fit so well with ja Morant, I think, in that in that two spot. Um so I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that team fit in a little bit. But um let let's talk player comp first so um i put on here a shiftier josh giddy i think he's more he's got a deeper bag for one uh but on defense i think he he's more shifty than josh giddy and he just plays with a little bit more control but coming into the draft josh giddy the biggest thing about him was his passing ability his passing iq and mm-hmm. that's a lot what we're hearing about anthony black here uh scoring wasn't a huge uh like accolade for Josh Giddy, it's the same here for Anthony Black. Scoring came for Josh Giddy. I think it was it's gonna come for Anthony Black. So I, this is that's my comp. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I yeah, I like it. Um it's yeah, I mean it's no, it's a it's a good one. Uh I think did someone have that? Did you see that somewhere else? I feel like that I no, I went to a Reddit of like
0: they they compare that. I went to a subreddit and they there was a lot. Somebody put uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Like I was like, that's not a good comment. All right. all. We, we
1: gotta we gotta get off of this Reddit page.
0: <laughs> there were some good comments. There's some bad comments, but this is the one that I, this one didn't really come to me, or this one came to me more so because I just remember the magic word thinking about taking Josh Giddy. If he was available yeah. with that with that eighth pick, I think, uh, where they took Franz. So, um, because of his his passing potential. So, and it's just kind of the same thing here. It's kind of giving the same vibes.
1: Yeah, I I know I mentioned Lamelo Ball earlier, uh, and I'm going to steal this from Kevin O'Connor on the Ringer NBA Draft Board. But Lonzo Ball, I think, is a really good comp. Lonzo is probably yeah, more. That was one
0: I saw a lot too. Yeah,
1: Lonzo's probably more developed on the defensive side. Uh, at least right away than Anthony yeah. Black is. Um. Both, Lonzo is wild because he's a great point guard that has beautiful like playmaking ability. But you pressure him at all and he gives the ball up. Yeah, uh, and not that Anthony Black did that this year, but he can. He needs to continue to work on his handle. Like most guys do, if he wants to really be a true point guard. And um, I think Lonzo Ball kind of had a similar thing. They're also somewhat streaky shooters. Lonzo has. Lonzo was
0: crazy in college, man. He shot 41% from three.
1: Yeah. That
0: didn't translate to the league at
1: all. Yeah. That was not, that was an aberration. Uh, Like, (laughs) so. Like, that
0: that was crazy. I remember, like, when he was in college, everyone's like, he is such a good shooter. And I was like, his shot, it looks broken, man. Like, I don't know if that's like, I don't know if he's going to get 41% from three in the NBA. I thought he'd be better than he was to start. But yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, no, I like the Lonzo comparison as well. Um, I think Lonzo was a better scorer, just more a little bit more polished. I think just a more polished player of version of Anthony Black overall. But that's not a terrible comparison at all.
1: So. Thanks.
0: Let's talk best team fit here. So I went first on the player comp. Who do you have for best team fit?
1: All right. Um. So. I. So it's weird because I think that the team that comes to mind to for me doesn't actually really have a ton of room, and they also don't have the draft pick to do it. The Nuggets would be super fun because having him be able to play off of Jokic, which I I guess is just the case for everyone because everyone gets better (laughs) with Jokic and he's good at doing everything. Yeah. Um, But that would be that would be really fun. Uh, I'm trying to go through here and look at. Hmm. I think him going to the Heat would be kind of fun, but that seems that's a little late.
0: Yeah, I don't think he'll fall that far, to be honest with
1: you. That's a little, yeah, a little late for him. Um, no, I mean we've said it, but the I think anywhere he goes, he's going to succeed, and he's my yeah. favorite of three guys we're talking about tonight. Um, I have him either going to
0: Portland or Washington. I think Portland,
1: Ooh, Washington, would be a was fine
0: fun. fit, but yeah, Washington. I think with Chris Stapps, what they have going there, Bradley Beal, if he ends up staying there, we'll see. He complains about it every year, but Ever,
1: evergreen tweet right there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think he he'd be a fine fit in either of those teams. Portland, I think he'd be fine uh, with in the second unit uh, there. I think he'd be fine, but. We'll see. Uh, I think either of these teams would be a good fit for him just because, of it. like you said, you're getting a long defending playmaking point guard. Portland needs defense like nobody's business. I think Washington does a little bit too, um, but either way, it'd be fine. So, All right, well, let's move on to Amen Thompson. From OTE, Overtime Elite. He is a shooting guard slash point guard, 6'7, 200, uh, 202 pounds, originally from Oakland. He is 20 years old. He has a twin brother, Asar, who we're not talking about tonight. I think we're on the only podcast to exclusively talk about one of these guys, not at the same time. So that's kind of cool. Uh, you should just keep listening to us for that alone. But this is the uh, consensus is he is the better twin. Yes, uh, that was going to be one of the
1: things I was going to clarify. Yeah. I know that because I listen to a lot of draft podcasts, but that's yeah. one of those things. Like, Because these guys are hard to watch, uh, OTE is not actually that hard to find, but it's definitely not as accessible. Uh,
0: not as accessible as college. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I was working to. So, um, yeah, I feel like these are two of the kind of wild cards at the top of the draft.
0: It is weird. Um, The rules for OTE are a little different. So like when a ball goes out of bounds, the ref doesn't have to give it to the player. So it's very much pickup esque where you could just take the ball from out of bounds, like when it's a turnover and then just throw it in. So they get a lot of transition buckets that way they're eight minute quarters. um, So it doesn't show the full capability of these, of these players sometimes. tired legs don't really come into fruition as much i i think that's part of it um it's just ot is just an odd product in itself i think it's getting better um but overall it is it's just a little weird i think if these guys had gone to college i don't think they'd be as ranked as high as they are for one but we'll see um they're still good don't get me wrong and so but we're talking about amen so amen uh he is a solid player so what works for him he's super athletic probably one of the if not the most athletic guards in this draft i think maybe scoot has a maybe an upper hand there but he's taller uh for one he's six six so um he's he's fast he's got vertical abilities got burst Dow, what do you like about amen Thompson?
1: Yeah, I mean, the athleticism is the thing that is the big uh the big selling point. It allows him to be just a one man uh like transition bucket, the his ability to turn defense into offense with his uh with his kind of like on-ball defense, creating steals, that kind of thing. He is not only good at Forcing steals, but also transitioning that into offense on the other end, uh, is something he does really well. Um, honestly, I wish, like you said, with OT, uh, the product itself is fun, but they're just you can tell he's on like a different playing field whenever, yeah, he's playing, um, which. It's not great for
0: development. That's for sure. No.
1: And it, it. I think he will still be like a not generational athlete, but he will be like a top two, three percent athlete in the NBA when he gets there. Yeah. So it. He's kind of the exception to the rule, but you're just not playing against Grown Men, uh, or you are playing against Grown men, So it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just tough to kind of like fully see how they translate. But I think that athleticism translates regardless.
0: Yeah, athleticism will always translate to the league, in my opinion.
1: Um What he
0: really is good at that I think will also translate is pre- his precision passing. Like his outlet passing is really good. Um Part of it is because his team and OTE was built on transition buckets. So yep. he had to be good at outlet passing. Um, I think, but also with his team, being that they are such a transition heavy team, they had like one shooter, maybe two if you count Asar, but like they yeah. had like, which shooters. I would not,
1: which I would not count either of the Thompson twins as good shooters.
0: Correct. So like Asar is the better shooter of the two, and we'll talk about that in his weaknesses, but um, he's going to rack up way more assists than I think he like would project to right now because the, the amount of scores at the next level. Like yep. he is that good of a passer, and he's that good at drawing in defenses that he can like get a get the ball to wherever he wants to. And I think like just like we talked about with JHS, if they had more scores on OTE's team, then they would have had he would have had more assists. His assist rate would be higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just wasn't really there. What yeah. you're getting, what's really good for him is that you're getting another really good defender. Like he's really good on ball he moves laterally he navigates screens well he has active hands he gambles a lot but i like that in a defensive player like i and especially in the nba i like a defend like cuz he also is really good at recovery he's like athletic enough that if he gambles he can make up for it and it's not like he's burst that burst of energy is just wasted cutting the passing lanes and if he misses it oh well yep. but he is so good and so athletic that he can get back and recover and and affect shots from behind so it's
1: it's yeah. the same kind of thing that on the defensive end, I would love to see guys take chances like that, just like you like to see on the offensive end, where you're throwing passes that might not really be like the smartest pass, but yeah, it's just cool that you were even able to see those. uh And it's not quite to the level on defense as it is there, but it's pretty close in terms of the, like you said, the gambling, the thinking that you yeah, can do that that. Uh that's definitely helpful. Yeah. Protection. And the last
0: thing I say he's re- he's what's working for him is his slashing ability. Like he's really good at slashing and cutting to the basket. So um that is that is working for him very well. Uh what he needs to work on, Evergreen with these guards is shooting. Uh he has really awkward mechanics. Like Asar, he's gonna be a better shooter just because his mechanics are good. Like Amen's mechanics are very, very, very stiff. You don't think he can use it?
1: No, no, I'm I'm agreeing. That's my my face for thinking about his shooting mechanics. (laughs) It really, really worries me that he's – because one thing that you would love to see him be able to do is him use his athleticism to put pressure on the defense, which then forces the defense to actually step to him and guard him, which gives him an opportunity to pass the ball if – you let the defense just kind of sit back in like a little little soft zone and clog the passing lanes. That takes away one of the major aspects of his game and yeah. the ability to see those kind of passes, as well as makes it easier to, for him to defend. If they're just going to be like, "All right, like we'll play drop coverage on you," and if you want to take a sixteen footer, then go for it because your form is awful and you're not going to make it. Like, yeah, then I, I would love to have. I'm in Thompson on my team. That would be the major issue that I have and the major worry is that he just never becomes a shooter that no. like Rondo kind of deal, like where yep. awesome player, everything else that he does is great, but he just literally gets gets left open and takes away from his other skills because he can't shoot
0: lakers russell westbrook
1: <laughs> yeah just um, lakers, russell westbrook
0: i mean clippers he's actually making them because it's off the dribble shooting them whatever like lakers try to make them a shooting guard i'm just saying
1: yeah no one's <laughs> guarding, no one has been guarding russell westbrook for oh yeah for sure here. yeah
0: uh his off-ball movement and scoring is, is he needs to work on that which is weird because i said his slashing and cutting ability is good but like he still is the primary ball handler in those situations. Um, and it's just more of like when he is not the primary ball handler,
1: what is he doing? Cause he's or, not, or if he's, or if he's not like, I feel like this is a thing that I kind of thought about Shaden Sharp, which is funny. Cause they're both elite athletes, but yeah, Shane Sharp's off ball movement is great. He's a great cutter to the basket, yep. but his like relocation stuff is isn't really one of his strengths. And I feel like that Amon Thompson's kind of the same from what I've seen is yeah. whenever he's cutting to the basket, he's smart at doing that because it allows him to utilize his athleticism, but just, yeah, like kind of like his normal off ball within the offense movement when he doesn't have the ball is I uh, great. Yeah. And then the
0: last thing I say for like, he needs to work on his finishing his touch, you know, like he just didn't finish great around the rim, which is odd because he's super athletic but I think that can be solved a lot easier than the other two. And yeah, a lot of that
1: is comes down to just play strength and get him in a NBA weight room for two years, and yeah. he's finishing a lot of those. Yeah, he's uh, just,
0: he was not super strong. Uh, that's one thing I think that we'll see a lot with OTE athletes is that they're just not super strong.
1: Players. Yeah, I feel like his his finishing at the rim was just kind of fluky at the beginning of the year too from what I have heard on Drop Podcasts that we're kind of talking about it. They were like, he he – should be finishing better than he is in terms of how he was getting to the basket, so yeah, um, yeah. I think it got better as the year has gone on.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I from what I've seen, it, it looked like it got better, so yeah. Um, so let's move on to player comp. Then you want to go first on this one, or you want me to go first?
1: You go first,
0: okay? So this is a little unconventional one because coming into the league, this was not his position but I really like it uh overall and I think it's going to bode well like in the long term rather than the short term but Sixers Andre Iguodala old heads will know but I think this is the comparison right there because he Sixers Andre Iguodala was was really strong defensively from the jump we're going to see that in Amen he was mm-hmm. super athletic he was a lot slimmer he's he's a lot slimmer than he was you know in Golden State um, but he, again, super athletic still, and he's, he could probably guard the best one through three on the court, just like warriors or Sixers. Andre Iguodala could, um, I think it, I don't like the John Morant comparisons because John Morant was just way more polished coming into the league than Amen is. Um, so I don't, I don't really like that for him because he's not going to be the number one option. Like Jaw was instantly for the Grizzlies coming into the league. Um, I don't think he's going to be a number one option for any team. To start because he doesn't, he's not the shooter like Jaw potentially was to start, you know? Yeah. I mean, um,
1: just the it's scoring. Bad, it's bad when you're saying Jaw was a much better shooter coming into the league than you are, because that is not bode well for where you're starting off on. Exactly.
0: Um, but neither was Andre Gudala, but he still found ways to score. And Sixers Andre Gudala wasn't a great shooter, but there at the end, you know, he got better at shooting. Yeah. So, he, that's what happens when you get older you have to learn how to finesse a little bit more on your shooting ability even lebron i mean look at lebron shooting splits from you know like the first stint at cleveland to now or even the second stint at cleveland like he's he got better as a shooter that's what you do so i think his shooting will be fine long term he's not gonna he's never gonna be like a 40 percent three-point shooter but yeah he could get to 35 and be fine i'll take that so what do you think
1: Yeah, I mean, so I like the John Morant comp just in the elite athleticism, with need to need to develop on the shooting side. Honestly, um, Shaden Sharp is—I mentioned him earlier on the cutting side, yeah, but yeah. he's like if Shaden Sharp had had like a playmaking play playmaking bag, uh, and all right, this is a little bit of a stretch, but if you took Luca's like passing ability and gave it to Shaden Sharp. Maybe <laughs> you gave it like 80% of it to Shaden Sharp or something, because yeah. he's not the pastor that Luca is, because maybe two people on the planet are the pastor that Luca is. <laughs> but take like Discount Luca Playmaking and give it to Shaden Sharp, and that's who you have. Which is a weird That's comment. a lot.
0: <laughs> that's that a very good.
1: convoluted way to get to to it, but
0: That's like Sid's toys from Toy <laughs> Story. Like- <laughs>
1: Oh, man. It's the model with the the, it's the model fishing uh, pole. Yeah. No, <laughs> the hooker. That's what it is. True. <laughs> the, I think one of the things that's very exciting about him, and honestly his brother too kind of, but more so him, is there just aren't many players in the league like him, which I think will scare some teams off, but I think will make the better teams – be more interested because he just is an outlier that has the potential. We've seen guys that where there aren't really great comps. Jokic is a great example um, where those guys are the ones that really kind of do start to push the league and change the league in, um, in terms of the evolution for where basketball is going. And I'm skeptical that he's able to have a full, like kind of paradigm shift. Uh, impact, but he has a couple of the characteristics that come along with those guys. Uh, so, yeah, my convoluted comp is <laughs> fits, I guess.
0: All right, well, let's move on to the best team fit for Amen Thompson. Who do you have in this one?
1: All right, so there's no way he gets here, but... Because they're literally not in the lottery. I never mind, I can't do that. I was gonna say the Lakers. That would have been fun. Uh just because they need athleticism and they need ball handling and they need people on the perimeter. Um Pacers would be really fun. Charlotte would be really fun.
0: I went with the either the Rockets or the Spurs. Um, he just he has Rockets energy to me, especially with Imeo Yudoka just announced that he got like he's the new coach, sure. um, but he he very much reminds me like has Rockets energy to me or the Spurs. The problem with the Spurs is they're tanked for Victor. They're probably going to get him um, and there's no way that they're taking Amon Thompson over Victor Wemignana. But if, for some reason, if the Spurs end up not with the number one pick. Which I mean, there's plenty of Sims that I've come across that don't have them taking the number one have, with the number one pick. Yeah, I've seen them go to five at what to the Spurs at five or to the Spurs at four. I've seen that in a lot of mocks. So, um, I think he, he would be nice to like because they just don't have anybody that's that athletic and that can defend that well. That athletic,
1: the Rockets.
0: No, the Spurs.
1: Oh, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Jalen Green exists. Yeah, so, no, no. That's uh, the thing. Spurs. Like,
0: him and Jalen Green would be fun, and they have, like, Jabari <laughs> Smith is a good shooter. Like, so you're right. like, spacing the floor there. Like, you have a floor spacer. Like, Jalen Green, I don't know. He's not a great shooter. He's a fine shooter. Um, But him and, J- him and Jalen Green would be really fun together. Like, no doubt, for sure. Uh, right, Like, the Spurs, they, they'll take whatever they can get. This is this is a Ja Morant light we've said before, so why not just build like kind of similar to what the the Grizzlies have done, except for not draft an idiot like Dylan Brooks, you know?
1: Yeah, that's that idea. Um, I'm actually gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go a little bit beyond where he will probably be able to end up, but the Pacers would be super fun just because Tyrese Halliburton is so versatile on the back end or yeah, like in the back court, yeah. that you could let both of them kind of cook and be kind of split the difference between primary and secondary ball handlers where they're both yeah. like primary ish ball handlers uh because I Halliburton passing to cutting uh, Amon Thompson would be wonderful. And then you could flip that and have Amon Thompson be the ball handler and Halliburton is a good enough shooter where he could play off ball and have a perimeter oriented game there. So that'd be, you'd have a lot of options um, in that backcourt if he went to Indiana. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So,
0: all right, well, let's move on to the last call then Dell. What are you closing us with tonight?
1: I haven't thought about this one yet. Do um, you have anything? Yeah, I was I was
0: gonna give shouts to uh, hoop intellect, hoop intellect on YouTube. I watch a lot of his scouting reports, so a lot of what you hear me talk about these players are kind of echoes from what he's saying. I also shout out to um, box and one podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the Ringers Ringers NBA Draft podcast. So a lot of what you're hearing tonight is kind of regurgitated thoughts of what they're saying, um, with our own takes on them. So I'm not saying it's straight up plagiarism because we definitely change enough of the content, but definitely go go listen to those shows. Um, and also just I appreciate everybody that in, interacts with us on Twitter. Keep doing that. That helps us build our content, build our, our fan base here and like our videos on on uh, YouTube there. So that helps as well. So that's what I was going to going to shout outs to.
1: Yeah. Ringer NBA draft show is great. Uh, Jay Coman and Kevin O'Connor there. Uh, especially ja man love the, the work that he does i really respect his basketball takes um so i'll just piggyback off that uh and yeah and shout out them it's that's one of my favorite things about and the N- nFL draft is starts this week so it's the same c- case there it's just hard to watch all these players it's hard to consume everything get a true like grasp of who they are so being able to lean in and like you said, you're not like fully plagiarizing, but listening to experts is how you get smarter. So you know. doing that and finding people that you trust that it's especially nice when you can find someone that you know has a similar approach and a similar kind of like theory around how they value basketball so that you know, like J. Coman, I feel like he and I are very similar in what we like to see in players, that kind of thing. So I know that whenever he likes a player, it's probably someone that I should go and check out because I'll probably like them too. Um, That kind of thing is, is just, yeah. Find people that you, whose opinion you value. And like you said, at that point, it's not plagiarism. It's just like respecting their opinion enough to kind of have it form, start to form uh, the baseline for your own. For sure. Yeah.
0: Also, I want to shout out to the Rays for winning tonight, uh, making they a, are a, wagon. In a row. <laughs> and uh, I want to cry because the the Bolts lost in overtime again for the second straight game in a row. So sad. They're down 3 1. Probably not going to come back. But who are they playing? The Maple Leafs. So,
1: mm, the old Canadians.
0: Yeah. We, we got them a couple, like two years in a row, three years in a row, actually. So uh, it was probably due at this point. So, um, But, yep, this has been the bottom line because Connor said so. Make sure you follow sure. us on Instagram and TikTok at Beers and Buckets Pod. Go check out Variety Sports Network for more shows like this one. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can the watch it on our channel or on Variety Sports Network channel. So go check them out and sub them. Why not do and- both? you both watch them both there and then uh you've seen all the ads and you'll probably see one mid roll uh to on um, where you can use a promo code so go check that out so we appreciate you guys listening and make sure you share this episode love you guys thank you
1: i turned 29 in 45 minutes no 35 minutes
0: i knew it was soon happy early birthday dal as you're thank listening you to you know. this make sure you text or tweet at dal happy birthday see y'all
1: i appreciate it